Hey, welcome to the Therapy Thoughts Podcast. This is Tiffany Rowe. I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor and psychology teacher. I own Mindful Counseling in Orem, Utah, and I'm on a mission to break down mental health stigma. Therapy Thoughts is a podcast all about helping you love yourself and make peace with your mind, body, and food. I'll share some education, tips, interviews, and tools from my clinical experience so you can improve your mental health. Stay tuned as we change the mental health game and talk all about therapy. Therapy Thoughts fam, what's up? This is Tiffany Rowe. We are getting back on this podcast grind. Today we are talking about a question I have gotten for a really long time and I'm excited to share with you not only my perception but I interviewed several of my favorite therapists and they're going to share their tips too through me. Today we're talking about how to support someone you love with depression. How do we support folks who are suffering and how do we show up in a best way that's loving, empathic, compassionate, but also make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. So today it's all about supporting a loved one with depression. Here's a couple things. Depression is not a choice. Like any mental illness, there are hereditary components of depression. That means there's also environmental components and it can be really, really heavy. Depression, if I had to pick one word, I'd say heavy. I'd also say dark, hopeless, distressing. It can impair functioning. And of course, it can lead to suicidal thoughts and this deep sense of hopelessness and that it'll never leave. So these types of feelings, people don't opt into them. They are not choices. This is a mental illness. Like anything else I talk about, mental illness isn't as simple as something that you choose in the morning. It impacts the person, it creates suffering. But what we also know is because of the symptoms and the way it manifests in someone's life, it impacts their loved ones. And when we view someone in the lens of this is a choice, we immediately are blaming them, we immediately have expectations, and we are setting ourselves up for disappointment and burnout. So remember, when we say this is not a choice, depression is not a choice, that is helping us to empower supportive relationships. It's also a boundary with ourselves and with the other person saying, I respect you, I'm not blaming you for your mental illness, And I don't expect you to be in a place of functioning or wellness that you are not in. So remember, when we say this is not a choice, it enables this relationship of support, it prevents disappointment, and it protects us from false expectations. So another thing I want to clarify, major depressive disorder or major depression, it's a chronic illness, y'all. And it's seriously painful. The symptoms are seriously painful. So when someone has chronic depression, it is not the same as feeling bummed out. It's not the same feeling of sadness. And it's not even the temporary moments of depression or depressing moments that we all feel. Remember, mental health occurs on a spectrum and we all have symptoms. We've all felt moments of depression or know feelings that are similar to that, but that does not mean we've experienced depression, big D, or have had major depressive disorder or fall somewhere along 
the medium to severe impairment of depression. So major depressive disorder is not the same as just feeling bummed out or sad. Depression is overwhelming. Depression is exhausting. Depression lacks the ability to opt out. Depression lacks motivation. Depression feels like carrying a 10,000 pound weight on your shoulders that doesn't let you get out of bed. Depression is super hyper-focused on the hopelessness and it tells you it'll never leave. Depression is a freaking liar. Depression has you so hyper-focused, so microscopically involved that you're unable to see beyond it. And this is not a moral failing or a matter of willpower. It's a disease, okay? And this focus, this depression lies and it promises the person it'll never ever leave and that there's no hope. And so I have to point out that if you've ever felt that way or your loved ones have expressed that or if you sense that, that that's the disease. That's depression. It's part of it. It's what it does. But I'm here to tell you, as a counselor who's been in the game for getting close to a decade, there is hope. Depression's a freaking liar. And those of us who are in the lives of folks suffering from depression, there's things we can do to help. We can support and we can protect ourselves with self-care and boundaries. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. So what are the things that we can do when we have a loved one who's affected by depression? So I'm super excited because I reached out to some of my favorite therapist friends and I'm going to tell you their thoughts. I wanted to give you a one-stop shop for tools and support when it comes to helping those we love. So before I share their thoughts and introduce you to each of their ideas, I'm going to tell you what I came up with. When I think about how do I support my clients and what would I tell their loved ones and what do I tell their loved ones when they come? My first thought, number one, don't say just be positive, okay? This indicates that depression is a choice and is simply a lack of positivity, which is ridiculous. Remember that positive thinking is not a cure for a mental illness. Now, I'm not anti-positive thinking. Y'all know I love positive affirmations. If they were to add positive affirmations to you know, a daily practice, it's a great practice. But telling someone to just think positive is not a replacement for real empathy. So I want you to replace those words of just be positive with tell me more about it. What's it feel like for you? Your feelings matter to me. Want to watch Game of Thrones Sunday? Let's talk. I mean, those are the kind of things that like a cool human would say to someone. And that's what I'm saying. Step out of this fix it, platitudes, band-aid because it's scary. It's scary to see someone with depression, right? It's hard. We're in it for the long haul. But I want you to withhold this just be positive sentiment that we've all been exposed to. Watch out for the shaming messages that that carries. There's a lot of shame in saying your feeling is intolerable and step into a space of tell me more I'm here to listen that leads to point number two that I came up with validate 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 validation is the cure I'm not saying validation will cure depression but validation is a cure for being a butthole 
So if you're one who tends to invalidate people, this is the skill I recommend more than anything else. If someone is suffering with depression, they don't need you to tell them what to do. Validation is probably the most powerful thing we can offer as loved ones and supporters and advocates. So validation means your experience matters. Your experience deserves to be acknowledged. Your experience is happening. Your experience is important. Now notice validation is not saying this is true. You are right. I agree. I like this. It's none of that. The validation says, hey, I heard you just tell me that you're hopeless and there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And I can validate that and I can say, yeah, that sounds really, really bleak and hard. That would make me feel really hopeless as well. Because validation is permission to feel. Validation isn't fixing or sending shameful messages or telling people don't feel what you feel. I could go off on validation. In fact, I'll have many podcast episodes to come on it and maybe even write something a little bit more extensive if you know what I mean. So for now, practice that validation and practice saying, it's okay that you feel that. It's okay that it's hard to get out of bed today. Or I could see why you feel that because dot, dot, dot. Tip number three from T. Rowe. How would you treat someone with a chronic physical illness? How would you show love and support in ways that are meaningful to someone who had cancer or was struggling with arthritis or had some visible physical illness or struggle? What would you do? And I want you to do the exact same thing for your loved one or the person you know dealing with depression. Depression may not be visible on the outside in the ways that we see physical illness, but it is real and it has deep impact and it's as valid and it matters as much. So get creative. How would you be cool to someone who's struggling physically? And that's what depression is. It's an illness. Uh, Number four from T. Rowe, absolutely do not question their treatment plan. Okay, so what I mean is support their treatment plan support them in therapy, support their medication, support the medication management, support supplemental mental health services. Are they getting acupuncture? Don't question it. And if you do have questions, go meet with the doctor and the therapist and the people and say, I want to understand this treatment plan. I want to be involved. But when you come in hot as a supportive figure saying, I don't agree with this, I don't like meds, this is a choice, and you undermine the team, it makes it a lot harder for folks that we care about who are suffering to stick with the treatment plan. And so that's why I say, do not question it. And if you do have questions, go meet with the team and ask those. But don't challenge the person who's suffering with the attempts they're making to manage their disease. We want to support, support, support. So particularly with medication, because there is a stigma with mental health medication, if you are uncomfortable with that, do your research. So talk to the therapist, talk to the treatment team, talk to their dietitian or whoever they're working with and say, I want to be involved. I care. Help me understand how is this supportive instead of saying, I don't think you should do this. Those opinions could disrupt a treatment plan and have some like serious side effects. Okay. Those are my top four I thought of. And then I reached out to some of my favorite therapists. I'm gonna start with Joe Dennis, a clinical mental health counselor who actually works for me 
he's the resident walking encyclopedia. If you want to scroll back, uh, Joe did a podcast with me on trauma. He has lived experience. Joe's really smart. And he said something no one else said. It was really cool. Joe says, write them handwritten letters. Yes, plural. He says, discuss positive memories. Write down meaningful interactions. Write down why you respect them. Write down what you are grateful for about them. And he said something that really gave me a breakthrough. Joe said, it's a combo of words of affirmations and gift giving. And then I thought, oh yeah, use love languages as a way to treat people. Like what's their love language and how can you show them love and support? Because at the end of the day, that's all this is. How do I support a loved one with depression? Well, you support them like you would anyone else. And so Joe's idea of writing these letters and sharing gratitude and love and memories, I mean, what a great way to communicate. Um, After he said that, I had another thought that I wanted to add. So watch out for compassion, fatigue, and burnout. All these things I'm sharing, I don't share these suggestions to make you feel like a jerk or to feel inadequate or to shame you as a supportive, loving person. We are all human. I am human. We all need breaks. We all reach a point of burnout or compassion fatigue if we don't have good boundaries and if we're not taking care of ourselves. So I want to add that it's okay to take breaks, that you can't be 100%, 100% of the time. You can't be on 24-7. You gotta, gotta, gotta do self-care and you need a support system. Your needs matter. So I should have said this before I said anything else. We're giving you suggestions for how to support the people you love in your life when they are in the darkness, but you also matter. So it's okay to take breaks. It's okay for self-care. Keep that in mind. Let's keep cruising through these other experts. Um, I asked Megan Brooks. Megan Brooks works for me. She is a certified social worker who just joined the mindful counseling team at my private practice. And she said, ask them, what does support look like to you right now. I mean, how brilliant. Why don't you ask someone what they need? And she said, let them tell you how you can best help them. She also said, don't tell them that everything will be okay. They don't feel that way. And saying this invalidates their experience. Tell them that you are here. Tell them you're here with them in this moment and remind them that they are loved. Remind them that this feeling won't last forever. Um, And I love that. I think that's a constant reminder we need when we're battling depression is to remember this is lying to me. It feels so deep and hopeless right now. But hanging on to hope of hope that we know that this will shift like every emotion. Hey folks, just two quick corrections as you move forward to the next segment. I'm about to introduce you to two folks and I say a couple things wrong. So number one, Kimberly Quinlan's podcast is actually called Your Anxiety Toolkit, not Anxiety Toolbox like I mistakenly say. Second, Lisa Oliveira is about to share with us a couple things and I mispronounced her last name, Oliveira. So just those two quick corrections. Thanks for tuning in folks. Next up, one of my favorites of all time, Kimberly Quinlan, MFT. She's in California. I love this girl. If you haven't heard her podcast, The Anxiety Toolbox, um, I was interviewed on her podcast, I think back in 2017 or 2018. She's an expert in obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety. Kimberly says it's about 100% commitment to their own mental wellness. 
So find a friend who is also supporting someone with depression to validate and support them through it. So I love that. This is saying like, as if you want to be able to support someone dealing with depression, you got to be committed to taking care of yourself to prevent that burnout, to prevent that compassion fatigue, find your own support system. Uh, Kimberly recommends this book. She says it's called when someone you love has a mental illness, a handbook for friends, family, and caregivers. Um, she says she also loved the Brene Brown wording of family members saying, quote, the story I am telling myself is dot, 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 instead of first accusing the sufferer or blaming the sufferer. So an example of this would be, quote, the story I am telling myself is that you don't love me because you have been avoiding me lately, end of quote. So recognizing a story you're telling yourself and replacing that or having that be a replacement for, quote, you can't love me if you avoid me this much. So I love Kimberly's ideas, understanding what's the story you're telling yourself? How are you accusing the person who's suffering? How are you blaming the sufferer and understanding these stories that you say and recognizing your part? And make sure to grab that book that I just mentioned. Okay, next up on my uh, therapist list, and this is someone I met on Instagram. If you follow Decolonizing Therapy, you know that she's a queen and is changing the mental health game. This is Dr. Jennifer Mullen. Um, You guys got to follow the work that she's doing. So what she suggests, she says, some of my tips for folks supporting loved ones with depression would be, be there first and foremost. So sometimes just showing up, watching a show together, asking if they've had a shower, cooking a meal at their place, asking if they want to help you while doing it. It's all helpful. It allows for gentle movement and action-based behavior that can be a distraction for them. I love this permission that Jennifer's giving us, Dr. Jennifer Mullen. She then said, I find with many of my closest friends that the best I can do is ask, what do you need? And I sometimes say, hey, let's go walk by the water in the park or want to come over and pet Icy, her cat, who she loves and the cat's super cute. (laughs) So uh, Dr. Mullen's saying just these basics. She says, be there. Let them know you care about them without the soliloquies. And at the time, and at certain times, parallel play helps. And what she means by this, she explains parallel play, meaning doing things that you both need or do or could do without words together. So gardening, laundromat washing clothes, doing homework, dyeing their hair, going to a Zumba class, something where you're just together. Uh, Dr. Mullen continues and says, the beauty is nine times out of 10 after spending time being together, people find that they begin to open up and kind of naturally when I need to ask, hey, how are you really? Or, hey, I miss you. Or, hey, I'm worried. Or, hey, how are you? Um, Sometimes these more quote unquote heavy messages do you need more support? Have you been hurting? That those pop up easier in these times of being together. She says it's real and it's easier after spending that time together rather than showing up on the phone than asking, than asking a person, you know, how are you out of the blue? That this will actually uh, give them, you know, space to say that stuff. Um, so those are some great suggestions. Next up, another one of my faves straight from San Francisco, Dr. Christina Inglesia. 
Um, and we're actually in it together. Uh, Dr. Christina and I are both big mental health stigma advocates. She um, is fighting the good fight, trying to make hashtag therapy is cool. Um, she creates totes along with the same type of merch that I make. And I love her message and stand by what she's doing. And she says two things, things not to say to people struggling with depression and things to say to someone who's struggling with depression. So she says, do not say the following. What do you have to be depressed about? You have a great life. Have you tried thinking more positively? But you don't look depressed. Happiness is a choice. Maybe if you tried, insert the long list of unsolicited advice on how to cure depression, your life could be, could be so much worse. Everyone gets sad sometimes. You will be fine. And this totally echoes my own sentiment of do not invalidate people or passively blame them or displace blame upon them for this mental illness. And here's our suggestions of what are words of support to say to someone who's struggling with depression. So Dr. Christina says, I am here for you. What is the best way to support you right now? Is there anything I can take off of your plate, groceries, childcare, etc.? And I'll add to that, having had people do this in my life, just doing it, just bringing over groceries, just ordering food, just doing some dishes without asking for that permission when it's someone you're close enough to. Uh, Dr. Christina continues, you matter to me. Depression is real. If you start to feel worse, is there someone you want me to contact? What are your thoughts on accessing psychological support? I love these questions uh, that Dr. Christina shares, things to avoid to invalidate folks and then ways to support. And then the last therapist I chatted with, another one of my faves, also in the Bay Area, Lisa Oliveira. She's a marriage and family therapist. She's also another bud of mine on Instagram. And she says, removing oneself out of the role of fixing or being able to be supportive 100% of the time is huge. Being allowed to take space and seek your own support and have your own support system is also huge. It can feel like it's all on you to make sure you support perfectly, but you will get burnout if you have that expectation of yourself. You're still human too. She also has shared a couple things online um, about supporting folks or you know, supporting your partner or loved one with depression. She says, listen, hold space, validate, seek to understand, shift expectations, educate yourself, Create a plan together and only do what you can. Perhaps most importantly, take care of yourself, set boundaries, find your own support system. Don't seek to fix or manage it all on your own and stick to your routine as much as possible. Uh, she shared a graphic online that she reminded me of ways to support someone who is hurting. And again, just echoing, remind them of their strengths, support them in finding resources, tools, and connection. Take care of yourself so you can show up fully. Make them a meal, send them a card, run errands for them. Avoid fixing, minimizing, or putting a silver lining on their pain. And listen to understand instead of to respond. So what a cool opportunity we have to learn from so many pros in the field, from all walks of life, different trainings, different backgrounds. And what you hear is this theme, right? Of take care of yourself, show up for the person, connect in a real way, validate them. And then we got a couple really cool specifics sprinkled throughout. 
Let me add a few more things. According to NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Health, they say, learn as much as you can about the illness. And I love this. I think so much of our fear and judgment and invalidation stems from lack of education. And it's not our fault that we're not educated on mental illness. It's going to take our own efforts to learn about it. And I really encourage you to join in on therapy or go to a doctor's appointment and ask questions and get empowered. Um, Learn as much as you can about depression. You're doing that by listening to this podcast. So good on you. They say, don't push too hard. Recovery takes time. Um, NAMI's pointing this out that there there isn't a quick fix. This isn't a choice. You know, there's no magic pill. Uh, They also say, ask for permission to interact with the medical team so you understand the treatment plan. And that's echoing exactly what I was saying. NAMI also says, encourage them to follow the treatment plan. And so if it's weekly therapy, if it's group therapy, if it's medication, if it's making sure they take their meds every day, you know, really supporting them in, I believe in you and I support your treatment and this is brave and this is right and this is awesome. I got your back. That may be all they need. Uh, Number five, Nami says, be a good listener. And a few of the folks who I quoted in today's episode have said that same type of thing. Um, And this is really important. I needed to get to this. Number six, make safety a priority. So we got to kind of wrap up with this idea Talk about the point at which you would involve police. We got to have these conversations. And when you would involve police would be if there is a threat of harm to self or others. So if they are expressing suicidal thoughts in an active way, if you are worried, listen to your gut. But talking to them and having this plan, and I would involve the therapist at this point. I do this with all of my clients. What's a safety plan? What are warning signs that you may be a harm to yourself? What are triggers that may bring on this this state of feeling? Can we tell your family what those look like? And so making safety a priority because there is suicide risk with depression, that's always the bottom line. And if that means sometimes you say the wrong thing, that means sometimes you kind of blew it or you have to, you know, have more emotion. Don't be afraid to keep people safe at the end of the day. Bottom line, if, if we kind of ruffle feathers and we do it wrong, but they're safe, I would err on that. You know, this, this is a dance. None of us are perfect. We're all human. We all make mistakes, but keeping them safe is always the top priority. So ask them, at what point do we need to call the police? At what point do we need to call your treatment team? At what point would I need to take you to the hospital? Because I want you to be safe. And getting really clear on that and knowing when to intervene. Uh, make sure, uh, according to NAMI, that you don't isolate yourself and you have a life Make sure we have this crisis plan, knowing local crisis intervention. um, What are the local numbers that you can call? I'm going to pop in the suicide hotline number here just so everyone has it for reference. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255, 24 hours a day. They got online chat. There's lots of tips and support there. Um, the lifeline is always something can, someone can reach out to, but we don't want to pretend like that's the solution for everyone. We want to make sure we have these tips, we're involved with treatment, we're connected to folks. Um, and the last thing Nami says, which I love, is don't give up. We keep going. This is the long haul. And when we love and care about people, that means through sickness and health. And if they're struggling or we're struggling or we're the one in depression, We keep going one day at a time. We don't give up, folks. So 
Here's some tips. I hope they're helpful for you. And this gives you some ideas for how to best support the people in your life with depression. A lot of these can be applied to other mental illnesses, but I'm thinking in the future, I'll give you a couple other guides where you can just come and hear about mental health specific support guidelines. Thank you so much to all the counselors who chimed in, Joe Dennis and Megan Brooks and Kimberly Quinlan and uh, Dr. Jennifer Mullen, Dr. Christina Iglesia, Lisa Oliveira. They all rock and they're leaders in the field and I support all of them and really respect all of them. And um, they totally for free sent me these ideas of things to include and that was really generous. And that's what we need, more people trying to change the mental health game and to challenge the stigma and to educate the public. So thanks so much for being here. Uh, Follow along with me on Instagram at HeyTiffanyRowe. We are about to launch a whole new set of merch items. We got a Therapy is Cool t-shirt. We got a t-shirt that actually says, don't be a butthole to yourself. We got a mug that says, therapy is cool. And we got a tote that says, I am worthy, I am lovable, I am enough, exactly as I am. So this is just our first launch. We got dozens of items coming down the pipe. So follow along with me, TiffanyRowe.com, and on Instagram at HeyTiffanyRowe. And as always, subscribe to the Therapy Thoughts podcast, comment, like. Thanks for being here, fam, and helping me change the mental health game. May you be well. I appreciate you tuning in and supporting the Therapy Thoughts podcast. If you want to dive deeper into intuitive eating and body image and self-love, head over to tiffanyrow.com. It's the hub of all of my courses, the podcast, my merch, and information about doing counseling and coaching with me. I hope you guys stick around for more. We have lots of exciting interviews and thought leaders coming onto the podcast. So until next time, may you be well.